The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the NBA Gambling Podcast, MLK Day Bingo Boards. A $100 gift card for every single bingo that's hit. Details exclusively on the SGPN app. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 277. Going out to one of our friends in the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord, Dredney, who uh, hit a very big uh, prop bet last night. A funny, kind of a funny prop bet. We'll have more on that uh, shortly, but this goes out to Dredney. I think I've dedicated one to him before, but he gets a second one. Um, because there wasn't a whole lot of winning in the Discord last night, and but he is one of the um, lone people who actually uh, actually had a profitable night. I think my co-host may have too, because apparently he, he must not bet on on what he tells you guys to bet on, because he didn't have a good night in his official picks. But anyhow, let's uh, let's bring him in to talk about a kind of lackluster event last night, but a newsworthy one and nonetheless. It will be the Gumby God Daniel Breland. Hello. So first of all, you're right. I don't bet a hundred dollars on every single money line. <laughs> really? Like an idiot. Yeah, like an you're idiot. No, I don't. Um, so just so you guys know, that is a a game we play, uh, and it is not one that anybody in their right mind should do. Um, no, but I think I wound up just like a little bit over even. Uh, the the prop that I had in our lock dog prop uh, contest at a plus one ten, the main event to go over four and a half rounds, was a nice little boost to the end of the night. Yeah. Um, and then I had a couple of dibbles and dabbles on uh parlays with with javid bachara and matthews rebecca and and a whole bunch of other uh guys that were pretty pretty easy slam dunks the umar nurmagomedovs and uh argetas but yeah no not a great event um also i will just throw this out here there was so many people who dropped in props to our contest I, it like almost overwhelmed me when i went to go oh, look at cool. all of the uh props thrown into our prop contest so first of all thank every single one of you listeners uh who got in on that prop contest remember it's not over we're going to do that for 10 straight events until a winner is crowned so even if your prop didn't hit in the first week make sure you join in the second week and i'm here to tell you your prop most likely didn't hit in the first week because I spent like half an hour going through all of the props that were submitted this morning uh, in in weeding in and out the ones that were right and wrong. And uh, Drenny, uh, who we, we dedicated this episode so to, uh, was one of two people who hit their plus 200 or nope. better props. Oh, right. Total. Yeah, it had to be 200 or more. Right, right. Right. So the only yeah. two people hit it. So Dredney, uh, for those of you who uh, weren't in the Discord, by the way, get in the Discord. Um, but for those of you who weren't in there, Dredney bet that Ketlin Vieta versus Raquel Pennington would go to a split decision. He didn't pick who would win, but he said it would go to a split decision no matter what. That was a plus 350 prop. And that was actually the second best prop in the prop contest. Uh, really? Yeah. And first place, which I know you didn't know this, so you couldn't dedicate the episode to him. No. Nope. Uh, first place. Was our good friend in the Discord as well, uh, Mr. Steven Glansberg. Oh, the pudding man. 
The pudding guy, yeah, he's got to eat his pudding all by himself. Uh, but he might not have to if he actually played the prop that went into his, the contest, which was uh, plus 468 was the listed price he had found on Dan Ige to win in the first round. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was, I, I thought, a really bold pick because yeah, well, uh, obviously, oh, Dan Ige didn't win in the first round. He won in the second oh, he won round. second. Yeah, that that's, yeah. Oh, so he didn't hit that prop. It is just Dreddy. <laughs> Dreddy's the only person who hit a prop bet. Yeah, wow. I have, them, I have them all in a, a little spreadsheet. And for some reason, I checked off that that one was correct, and it wasn't. So there was like, I, I, again, I don't even remember the exact number because I spent half an hour going through them this morning. Uh, but there were tons of people who put them in there. Just Dreddy with the split decision. Some of you guys are crazy, though, by the way. There were some like 50 to ones and stuff like that in there. We had like a second round submission for Carlos Hernandez, which was a, a wild play. Yeah, I, I like appreciated going through them all. But yeah, apparently, sorry, Steven Glansberg for blowing up your spot. You almost had that one. Um, no, it was it was just Dredney. So he's uh, he's the clubhouse leader for all three categories. So uh, everybody else needs to step it up. They definitely do step it up. But yeah, it was a, a rough night uh, for picks. Well, it depends. It, it depends if. If you cherry pick it, it, it was a good night. But yeah, overall, uh, rough night for the picks. But yeah, Dreddy's, that's not even, I, I know it, it's a funny and uh, kind of crazy prop, but not really. Like you you, you could have seen that happening. And yeah, we, I mean, especially I once, the fight about, was, once the fight started, like, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's headed I that think way. We talked about it happening that just like every single Raquel Pennington fight kind of just like feels like a split decision's about to yeah. come. Because she throws volume, but, I, and also, you know, we're, we're jumping the gun a little bit here, but she didn't win that fight. No, she she definitely didn't win that fight. No, nope. no. Nope. All right. Before we dive into it, I'm going to tell you about WinBet. Before we get out of control here, WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays. And the NFL playoffs are here. So definitely get into WinBet for that. The great, great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100. Limited to state availability. The availability. I missed a syllable there. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough embed is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we love to give away free things here So at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So we're having an NBA MLK day contest hopefully you know what those uh letters mean nba and mlk the nba gambling podcast is doing a special basketball bingo giveaway for all the games happening on mlk day which will be tomorrow monday the 16th of january all you have to do is subscribe to the nba gambling podcast youtube page and then click the sign up link in the app get all the links exclusively on the sgpn app so once again NBA Gambling Podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure you're in the SGPN app so you can enter the contest. All right, do since we've already kind of started, you want to rip through the results last night and then get to what actually was the headlining news? Yeah, sure. We can we can get through this and then we'll talk about, uh, you know, the, the 265-pound elephant in the room. Yes, <laughs> yes, the Nigerian elephant. Um, All right, we whiffed, actually, Gumby... Uh, did very bad off the uh, off the the top of the card, did you not? Four straight losses. Uh, yeah, I, I, in the was main event. A, I was yeah. having a good time on the prelims. You were. For the you were. <laughs> so we both whiffed on Imabov versus Strickland in the main event. Um, pretty much once the fight started, I, I knew we were in trouble there because it, 
was, you know, it was a Sean Strickland type of fight. Yeah, I, I will say um, I'm I'm real glad that in my prop play of the week plus 110, uh, I, I took this fight going over four and a half rounds. That was, was a pretty easy. Sorry to interrupt. That was pretty easy pick too. I know it's plus 110, but yeah, you, you could you could see that happen all, all day long. Yeah, and I and and once the fight started, for sure, like it looked yep. even easier. Like it's yep. two two rounds in, I was like, cool, I can just go ahead and cash that. I don't even have to sweat it. Um, but like. I think too many people were giving like Imovov a lot of credit for like past finishes. Um, it's been a while. And, and it's been a while, right? Yeah. Like he, he didn't fin- finish Buckley. And I mean, I guess he finished Shabazian and Ian Heinish, but like he didn't finish Jordan Williams. And like, so <laughs> Jordan Williams again, he always it's been a while. Up. We haven't talked yeah, about him for a while, yeah, but he, he comes up on the spot and like Sean Strickland, if he was going to win this fight was always going to be by decision, right? Like th- yep. there wasn't a finish there for him. So yeah, it seemed easy. So a plus plus one ten to get our, uh, our first ever lock dog prop going, uh, yep. was pretty, pretty nice. Yep, definitely. Um, yeah. And it's weird how certain fighters, they, they come up, oh, very frequently in, in our episodes, like Jordan Williams. There's no reason for it. Jordan Williams it and up. Jordan, right. It's it's <laughs> yes. all the Jordans. It's a Jordan thing. It's a, it is. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Is there any takeaways from, from that fight? Not really. Strickland was 10 pounds heavier. Didn't really look 10 pounds heavier than, than Imavov. Um, I guess. I, and I don't, I don't think that had anything to do no, with the fight, really. No. I guess the takeaway is Imavov isn't uh, at the elite level, at least not yet. I mean, I think also Strickland, in retrospect, may have been a bad matchup for him uh, because yeah. Imovov coming forward, like he he won the fifth by like pressuring, like and yeah. he did the fifth. He in my opinion, in in one other judge's opinion, he won the second, kind of the same way. Like when he decided to come forward a little bit more, he had a lot of the success. So, like, I think Strickland just might be a tough opponent for him because he couldn't get his strikes going first. Um, so that, that's totally possible. I still think he, like, you know, eats Kelvin Gastelum for breakfast. Um, and, and, like, he's clearly a top 15 guy. But I think, yeah, he, he's got to round some things out and fix some things before we can really talk about him being a, a serious threat in the division. Yeah, it seemed cardio uh, or his, his fear of lack of cardio was his issue because he totally took the fourth round off it seemed and then when he needed to win in the fifth round he actually you know fought the way he should have fought the whole fight yeah i don't, I don't think uh, all this talk about his cardio I, I don't think it was a problem no at all Mentally, was, i think it may have been though it, it might have been it was funny kelvin gaslam actually like tweeted out he's just trying to stay relevant i think um because he's won one time in five years or something but yeah. he, he tweeted out uh, that, you know, we thought Imovov's cardio was going to fail him. We knew this was part of our game plan. And I was like, he won the fifth. Like, yeah, he, exactly. he he looked fine. Yeah. Like, like, he's trying to justify saying he would have done the same thing and won. And, like, th- that that wasn't the game plan that won. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Well, we, we can put that fight to bed, I guess. Um, Call me an event. Didn't go well. And this is another one. Once the fight started, I'm like, oh, man. It's... uh athleticism and power is going to be the cheat code here for Dan Egan. It was, he knocked out Damon Jackson brutally in the second round, 413 into the round. Yeah. I, if this was going to stay on the feet, then uh, Jackson was not going to have a, a real legitimate chance to win this fight. Yeah. I think and a lot of people, including the broadcast said, you know, he's got to feel him out a little bit on the feet and make him lull him into thinking it's going to be a striking match and then shoot the takedown. I kind of disagree. I, I think he just needed to go in there and pressure and shoot a takedown. Uh, and even if it didn't work, then that that is on 
Dan Ige's mind. And hey, maybe it does work. But instead, he he did that. He, he let Dan Ige get comfortable. And I think that was his biggest issue. Um, you know, props to Ige. Ige looked really good. He continues to look elite against guys who aren't ranked and uh, yeah. less less than elite against guys who are. So, um, yeah, I, I don't again, and this is such a, a terrible cop out, but like I don't I don't know what to say about this fight other than. Damon Jackson goes back to fighting the uh, Julian Arosas of the world and Danny Gay probably gets a step up and flattened in his next one. Yeah, pretty much it's status quo then for the guys. Um, yeah, same, but, same with Strickland Imovov, right? Yep. Like Imovov probably fights Calvin Gastelum like he was planning on it. And Sean Strickland probably fights, you know, an, an up and comer you know, somebody of Chris Curtis's ability level, but not Chris Curtis because he was in his corner, but like yep. somebody like that. Like, so... Yep. You know what? What? What do you do with that? Yeah. So Jackson was plus one hundred, uh, and he was our underdog too um, last night. So we both lost underdog pick. Sadly, I should have made this guy my my dog pick. Uh, Roman Kopilov, the uh, big brother of uh, Chase, Chase Hooper. Hooper. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he looks just like Chase Hooper. Chase man. Hooper's big Russian brother. He's from Russia, right? Uh yes, I believe so. Yes. Uh, got to be careful nowadays. Um, plus 135 at Kopilov at, and it actually went down the way I predicted it would go down. He he was the better striker on the feet from distance, and he had had some uh, power, and he ended up uh, body kick and punching Puna Soriano into TKO land, uh, 319 into the second round. Yeah, Soriano was hanging in there, but he was getting battered, especially with the uh, body shots. Yeah, how did this guy look so bad in his first two fights and then his looks so good in the last two? Yeah. Like, he was... I, and I know that they said on the broadcast that he's changed camps, but like changing camps usually like fixes something in your game planning, right? Like it usually is like, oh, you know, I need to mix in my wrestling more. Oh, I need to throw more jabs or something. But he just looks faster uh, yep. than he ever has. So like, you know, good for him for making a change and now picking up two straight wins. Uh he he's still a ways away from like actual top fifteen talent at middleweight, but he's he's moving on up there. He should steal Imovov's nickname. He should be the Russian sniper. Imovov is not a sniper. And he and he trains out of France. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Kopilov should be the Russian sniper because he was he was sniping uh, a game uh, Puna Soriano. Um, next fight. Oh yes, the, perhaps the fight of the night, right? Uh, Ketlin Vieira versus Raquel Pennington. I said. Uh, I was going to go with my gut and not the stats. The stats said pick Rocky Pennington. My gut said, no, Vieira is a better fighter and should have gone with the stats. Um, you shouldn't have gone with the stats. You yeah, got well, it right. Uh, like, I would have like won. The, <laughs> yeah. You, you would have won. But you... Fight. It was a greasy fight. That you, 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 you can see a mile away the outcome coming. It was going to be a controversial split decision. And it was, except it, it didn't go our way, unfortunately. Yeah, no, there, there was. It, it's wild to me because the the judges who gave it to Pennington didn't even give it to Pennington the same way. Like to me, Ketlin Vieta won the first and Ketlin Vieta won the third. And it was pretty clear that those two things were true. And two out of three judges gave her the first two out of three judges gave her the third. Uh, But the problem is, is that it wasn't the same two out of three (laughs) in both of those cases, which winds up giving uh, uh, Raquel Pennington a split decision. Man, I, I just don't know. I guess I can see how you maybe give Pennington the first, but uh, Derek Cleary giving Raquel Pennington that third round. Ah, I, I just don't know about that one, man. Like, yep. 
it, it really felt like this one should have been to Ketwood Vieta, but to your point, saw it coming a mile away. Yep. Um, so good news for Irene Aldana, right? She should be, she, she should get the title shot over Pennington, right? I have to assume. Nobody You'd hope so. Especially because, in no offense to Raquel Pennington, who has been on like a a decent little run, right? Like she's she's now won five straight. <laughs> yeah, which which I, should be enough. It, it shows you what type of performances they were, because that should be more than enough to get your title shot in this division. But yeah, it, but probably, it probably isn't. It's not fun. Um, she did lose a split decision way back to Irene, or no, she beat Irene Aldana way back. Oh well, there you go. Maybe she will get the title shot. Ugh. Uh, maybe. Yuck. Um. But, like, as bad as she looked against Amanda Nunes all those years back, like, man, I, I can't imagine. I guess because it's so many years ago that maybe you can give it to Raquel Pennington. But I don't know. I, I'd rather see Irene Aldana in there. She at least feels like she has a puncher's chance, right? Definitely. Uh, if this man is, uh, speaking of punchers, if this man is a puncher now, look out Bantamweights. Because Umar Nurmagomedov, uh, who is a grappler by trade, uh, being Habib's cousin, uh, knocked out with body kick and punch, Honey Barcelos. He actually uh, 440 into the first round. Um, yeah, he looked fantastic on the feet. We had him at a big 905, minus 905. Um, and he looked that. Yeah, I just moved him. I, I was doing my rankings this morning and sending yep. him to the UFC. And I just moved him into the top 10. Like, he, he legit oh, sure. looked. Yeah, he looks like a top 10 talent. Because, like, We've known his wrestling is good. We knew he probably could out-wrestle Rayone Barcelos here, but we didn't expect him to do that. And, and the thing is, too, is Rayone Barcelos is not a guy who gets knocked out. That was his first knockout loss in his whole career. Um, and it's not like he hasn't fought people who could knock him out, right? Like, he went toe-to-toe with Victor Henry, who's a really hard puncher. And, you know, he fought Sedner Magomedov, who's, you know, a pretty decent puncher, too. And Timur Valiev. And, you know, like, he's fought people who throw... But like, man, that that's that was devastating. And it wasn't even he threw a three punch combo and it was maybe the softest punch of the three that landed and turned his lights off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's sky's the limit, seems like for Umar. Uh, he, he he might be a more complete fighter than any of the Habib stable of fighters. And hey, depending on how he does against higher level con- competition, maybe even a more well-rounded fighter than Habib. Yeah, it's if he's gonna. It wasn't just that he like slept him with like a lucky shot. He was piecing him up the whole 440 yeah. that that the fight lasted. In the rankings I do on my uh, Substack MoneyMMA.substack.com, he moved up to five, so he's definitely uh, definitely right in among the elite now. So, do you have any names in mind you'd like to see him fight next? I mean, I kind of want to see him against somebody like like Ricky Simon. Yep. Seems kind of how about the Ricky right... Simone? Yeah, that, I mean he's got the accent check. on there, right? It's Simone. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the right level because yep. Ricky is it, it's been on his own nice little run and uh, has the wrestling that would probably stop Umar from like just wrestling the hell out of him. So we yep. get to see more of that striking and see what it looks like against against Ricky. And I think Howney Barcelos will be on the fade list uh, for the time being because that was a pretty bad knockout. That that, that could be one of the ones that uh, that make his chin unplayable going forward. Yeah, but but to be fair, we just saw him against Trevin Jones, and we faded him in that one too. And because yep. I remember not picking Trevin Jones and thinking, or uh, picking Trevin Jones rather, and thinking, you know, this is kind of the end of Rayoni Barcelos, and he looked outstanding in that fight. And it's not even like that fight was a long time ago. That that fight was three months ago, not even. Um, so like, yeah, maybe he's a fade guy now, but I mean, maybe Umar's just that good. 
could be could be um our main card picks not that good uh gumby one and four i slightly better two and three um luckily the prelims we did a bit better um we did lose a fight shockingly uh sajara eubanks did make weight and they continue to let her try to fight at flyweight um probably should just cut her at this point if she's not going to make weight or force her to fight at bantamweight but anyhow she you you uh, got to imagine she's done right like in, you, in cause this and is i don't three or four times now right yeah, but not just that, like look at her recent record or, or, yep. or even overall record. She's seven and seven in her career. She's yep. on a one in three skid. The only win she has is over Elise Reed, who's a, a straw weight coming, who yeah. came up to flyweight when she came down to flyweight. So uh, like, you know, she got three losses in a row and is coming off of missing weight and being knocked out and misses weight again. Yeah. You got to imagine this is the end of her road in the UFC. Gumby was talking a lot of trash in the Discord, saying that was the fight that was gonna make him beat me last night. So you you, you can keep dreaming, even when Dude, you lose. Do you, you, do you really do you really think if she, even if she did make weight, she wouldn't have been like exhausted and gotten punched into oblivion? You think she was gonna right. wrestle for three rounds like that? Sarge, yeah, for sure. Anyhow, <laughs> we lost that fight, but who cares really? Um, Javi Bashra, we didn't lose his fight. Uh, very. Javi Bashra type performance, smart, calculated, um, safe performance against Matias Mendoza, Mendoza uh, who was very, very game and dangerous looking. So I can see why Bashra kind of uh, kind of played it, didn't play it easy, but played it safe uh, and got himself a decision victory, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Both guys look good. Uh, Bashra continued to impress, and I think Mendoza may may have a future that just despite the uh, bright blue hair. Yeah, he looked good. Mendoza uh, looked looked like he knew what he was doing in there and had little wrinkles that, you know, like he even drew Javid Bashra into a little bit of a prolonged exchange, which is kind of hard to do. Javid Bashra's good at that. By the way, this is both of our locks, too. Yes. Um, so on the, uh, on the lock dog prop, uh, I hit two out of three. So that was a pretty good night. Um, but that being said, uh, yeah, Javid Bashra does what he does. Uh, he's tricky. He's elusive. He's really good in a lot of positions, and uh, yeah, I was impressed by him. Yep, onwards and upwards for him. I had him winning via finish, so I lost my prop, unfortunately. But Gumby forced me to make a prop bet, so I wouldn't have done that in real we're gonna, life. We're gonna we're gonna keep doing it too, yeah, uh, and see how good this dude is at props. <laughs> Middleweights, Abdul Razak Al Hassan apparently is still good. Um, we had had him written off, um, or at least for this fight uh, over Claudio Hibiero. Uh, he knocked him out with punches. 28 seconds into the second round. Hibiero looked decent. Um, very, was that his parents <laughs> pre-fight? Because that was lots I, of fun. I, uh, I, I, I don't. He stared at his face forever. Yeah. Really don't want to speculate. Uh, she had some yeah. weird nails going on too. She, yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah. And, or was, yeah. And then all her fingers were tattooed, I think too. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know. There's some situations yeah. going on, but we lost the bet. <laughs> this was pretty some, much a pick on. Some situations. There was some situations going on. Hibiera looked decent on the feet. Did not look like uh, UFC's Mike Tyson, like he claimed he was going to look like. And uh, Al-Hassan still has that power. Yeah, he has that power, but I do think... Um, he sort of punched his way out of this one because I, I don't think he ultimately was the better of these two fighters. But that's kind of why this was a pick em too, right? Is that like yep. either of these guys could end it in any moment and it was never going to decision. So, uh, yeah, I mean, good for Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. He's back in his winning ways. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know how much this says about him. Like, no. if you put him in there with Roman Kopilov, 
because uh, they're both middleweights. Oh, Kapila up pick, all day. Yeah, you'd pick Kapila up all day. Because yeah, anybody sure. anybody who can stay away from that big shot is going to beat Abdul Razak all the time. Yeah. Kapilov would be way bigger than him, too. So. Did you see him uh, try to get his judo going? Yes. Oh, yes. I, I was hoping he, he would get a – yeah. He judo clinched. thunder. That's as close as we got to judo thunder was a clinch. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, just glorious stuff. Yep. That uh that loss um stopped a three fight winning streak that we had going on, but these they were all big, big odd ones. So uh weren't making too much money off it. Lightweights, Matias Rebecki, the Rebisti, um decision, Nick Fiore, 3026, 3027, 3027. Rebecki looked very good in his UFC debut. Yeah, they they kept calling him Rembecki, which I don't know if uh if that's the right way to say it, but they, that's what they kept saying, Rembecki, really? as if it's got There's an M in it. M in there? Yeah, weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but that's what the the broadcast is saying. Anyway, uh, I, I saw a little hate on him both in the Discord and in generally online because he was so tired and everybody was like, oh, he's an auto fade next time. I think he was only tired because he was fighting a jujitsu guy and he's like, I got to go out and show my hands so that people respect those two. And he threw 37 straight freaking haymakers. Yeah. Um, and it's just debut too. Yeah. I, I don't think you ever see that again. So for everybody out there who's t- thinking about fading Rembecki, uh for their next fight, make sure you put a big bet down right before I'm about to on Rembecki because Rembecki is not an auto fade. This is a guy who's, yeah. who's going to make noise at lightweight. He's a little fire hydrant, two five seven. Yeah, he's uh, uh, muscles do make you tired though, Dan. So maybe, maybe yeah, they do something. if you throw thirty seven straight <laughs> overhand, right? True. <laughs> it's true. Uh, flyweights Alan Nascimento took care of Carlos Hernandez very quickly. Runic had choked him, backpacked him, uh, three sixteen into the first round. We had Nascimento at minus three sixty. We had Rem Becky at minus seven sixty five. So like I said, we weren't making a whole bunch of money here. Yeah, not much to say here. We we pointed out that Hernandez just doesn't seem like he's ready for the UFC level talent. And he kind of proved that here. Um, yep. Not some, not some good jujitsu though. On that note, good jujitsu. And then uh, Daniel Arjueta, uh, minus five, five, five over Nick Aguirre, uh, 327 across the board. We hit that one as well at featherweight. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. again, an easy <laughs> one fight. Nick, Nick Aguirre doesn't look very good. <laughs> nope there you go there, there's your analysis that that's, you that's all you need <laughs> yeah. things didn't start off so well for us though did, did they charles johnson really um really got a hold of his energy and put it on jimmy flick this was another one of those fights where once second the fight started I'm like oh dear it's the it's the power and athleticism uh cheat code again being used against jimmy flick and uh, you got tko at elbows and punches 433 into the first round and i messed up in my breakdown of the fight i forgot that flick was out over two years and maybe that would have changed my pick and maybe i wouldn't have gone a, a huge underdog with flick but uh and maybe johnson is actually good dan because he got another win he looked good i will say no, I he didn't look good dan the, he you don't think good. <laughs> you, you don't like the skull it <laughs> that's what he calls it by the way it's like a yes. bullet but with a skull skull it yeah, um, he's an interesting fellow. Anyhow, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but I, I do think he he looked good in there. I, I will say, I think the stoppage was awful. I think oh, uh, yeah, we, that was we what should, you were complaining about. Yeah, th- this should have seen a second round. He wasn't throwing anything that was hurting Flick. He was throwing like elbows and punches, landed on Flick's arms, and Flick was still throwing up submission attempts and stuff. I, and like that, that's the same the same guy, the same referee who let Roman Kopilov just beat the piss out of Punaheli Soriano, um, Kerry Hatley. So like, how do you, 
how do you both be the guy who calls that fight for Charles Johnson and lets Roman Kopilov just tee off nonstop for an hour? So, uh, yeah, I don't like the stoppage, but I think ultimately, yeah, like Johnson was going to take over at the end there anyway. So um, it is what it is. Not my uh, not my best night of picks, but. Uh, if you're in the Discord, we often drop things that are actually being played rather than just $100 randomly on every single money line. So uh, make sure you get in there so that you can have a profitable night. Because I think, not just Dreadney, but I think there were a couple guys in there who had a, a pretty decent night at least. Yeah, if you uh, if you throw enough money, if you throw enough against the against the wall, eventually something's going to stick, right? Well, not just that. Like we we had we had a lot of good stuff in there. No, that's true. That's true. You just have to throw the right stuff against the wall. I went six and five, so see, I should have been a good night for me. Six and five, but no. Uh down two hundred and sixty-seven dollars. Gummy went five and six down. He's down over five hundred, five hundred and two dollars and thirty cents. Say it. Yeah. So again, uh first of all, there's definitely still time now. But also, <laughs> uh I, the, the other catchphrase will be uh Betting $100 on everyone who it's not a good idea. <laughs> it's not a good idea. And uh, as we said, we both hit our lock. We both missed our dog. Gumby hit the props. So Gumby is up overall in the Locks Dogs props game. So we'll keep an eye on that the rest of the year. This is in, enjoy your early lead. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I got a lead. So we're going to, yep. we're going to, we're going we're gonna to ride that. Yeah. All right. Um, we got a pay-per-view coming up this week. UFC 283. Uh, we're breaking that down Wednesday, Thursday. I'll run through the card quickly because we want to talk about the. Uh... Well, because there's 15 freaking fights on this, yes. right? <laughs> so I'll run. I'll run through it quickly for y'all. I'll give you a quick bone, a uh, quick um, preview of it. Two data fights at the top: Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill for for the light heavyweight championship. Who would ever thought that would be said? Do we know Jamal Hill was such a a dunderhead until recently, or is it, <laughs> is it just that he's? It's like it, he's getting more. Uh, the light is being shown on him or has he changed? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, he really but, is an interesting but, fellow. But could you, could you explain to me the term dunderhead? Cause I don't, I don't know. know. Google I... it. it. It's a term. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a, I think it's chowder. probably a, how about, how about a chowder head? Is that better for you? Uh, yeah, but that's a different thing. He's definitely not a chowder head. Um, but I'm going to look up dunderhead uh, while right. you read the rest of the card. All right. Uh, <laughs> co-main event is part four of the Vicen Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno for I guess technically they are um, unifying the belts because Moreno is an inter is intercontinental champ. I was going to say is the interim <laughs> champion versus Davies and Figueredo. Uh, Gilbert Burns, Neil Magny, Jessica Andrade, Lauren Murphy, Paul Craig, Johnny Walker, which is the very fun <laughs> opener here. Hopefully it's a fun one. So, so that's a main pay per view prelims. Mauricio, is that how you say it? Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Ihor. Patiera, and this is Shogun's retirement match. Honest, cross his heart. Um, <laughs> Gregory Hodhiguez, you may know him as Hobocop versus Bruno Ferreira. Diego Moises versus, oh yeah, how do you say this name, Dan? Melchizal. Melchizal. Melchizal Costa. Shamil Abdurakimov versus Jilton Almeida. Cross our fingers, it actually happens. Monir Laziz versus Gabriel Bonfim. And then early prelims, Lewin Lucerda, Cody Stamen, Terrence McKinney, T-Rex. Ismail Bonfim, so both Bonfim brothers are fighting. Warley Alves, Nicholas Dalby, Josie Nunes, Zara Fern Dos Santos, an actual featherweight fight at, at women's. Uh, and then Simon Oliveira, Daniel Marcos. There you go. A stacked fight card. It, it's got a lot on it. There, there's yep. a lot of debuting dudes in there, which is kind of fun. Ferreira uh, bon, and both Bonfim brothers off of Contender Series. Uh, Daniel Marcos is off of Contender Series. So yeah. four Contender Series guys debuting. 
Melky Costa coming in from LFA. It's a fun one. And Johnny Walker, Paul Craig is just the most ridiculous fight to ever try to recap. Like, oh, yeah. there's fun. no way, there's no way you can handicap that fight and feel good about yourself at the end of it. Nope. <laughs> did you find Dunderhead, Dan? I did find Dunderhead. It is it's a real, it's a, it's a slang. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Uh, I think it said an unintelligent person. Yes. Uh, in it's slang. Yep. You, you could say the UFC are Dunderheads for letting Francis Ngannou out of his contract, and uh, probably um, the most scariest heavyweight out there today. I was gonna say of all time, but I guess he's not at that. At that level, yeah. But you don't think he's should... the scariest guy of all time? Yeah, the scariest, yeah. The scariest, I guess so. Yeah, scariest. Not the best, but the scariest. Um, yeah. The he, Lesnar... might, he might actually be the best too. Could be. It's it's a low bar to, to clear at heavyweight. Um, but yeah, they're letting him walk, and John Jones is fighting Cyril Gone for the heavyweight title, vacant heavyweight title at what 285 UFC 285 in March. Vegas. Yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, and yeah. so I'll say a couple of things. First of all. I think it's a wrong move by the UFC to not bring him back. I think the amount of value he can bring the company with his story, with his personality, with all that kind of stuff is great. But I will also say the the UFC does everything very calculated. Um, And, and you know, I don't like it because obviously I want to see Francis Ngannou fight John Jones. I want to see him fight Surreal Gain again. I'd love to see him fight uh, Stipe again. Like, I want to see all those fights. Like I want to see him in there with uh, with uh, who's the up and comer there, Sergey Pavlovich. Yeah. Like I, I want to see him against all those guys. It's a bummer to me to not see him against all those guys. But at the end of the day, the UFC doesn't overprice him because they know if they overprice him, they got to overprice the next guy. And he's the only one, with the exception of Caitlin Chokagian, I think, who's represented by that uh, agent right now, uh, CAA, I believe it is. So, like, they're making a point of not dealing with people who are going to overprice their guys. So, like, I get what they're doing. I don't like it, but I get what they're doing. And on Francis's front, like, you can't possibly expect a guy to take harder fights for less money. Like, who in their actual life, anybody in their actual life, you don't have to be a fighter. You could be a carpenter or you could be a a salesman or you could be a teacher. You could be anything you want. Who wouldn't say to themselves, do you know what? I wish my job was a little bit easier and I got paid more. And you have the option to do both of those things because that's what's going to happen to him. Like he's going to make more money than he was the UFC. And that's maybe not through like the flat fee of whatever PFL was going to pay him or whatever. And I think it's going to be PFL for the record. I think they're going to let him box and I think he's going to do PFL pay-per-views. Uh He's not going to do a PFL season, by the way. For anybody out there thinking he's going to run through the gauntlet of a PFL season, <laughs> you're, you're out of your freaking mind. Because I keep seeing people say, oh, he's going to PFL because of that picture that's on his Instagram, which totally could be true. But let me tell you something. He is not fighting in a PFL season. You can you can mark my words on that. They can't he's afford not... that anyway. Well, and, they'd and even to, if they have to yeah, pay they'd have a to... buttload of money every fight. Right, right, right. And so, like, he, he's not going through the season format. That's, that's ridiculous for a guy of his stature. So... He, he most likely is going to be fighting one-offs and boxing and all that kind of stuff. Even if they can't pay him the flat fee that the UFC was going to, the amount he's going to make in endorsements, dude, it's just like, it's through the roof. So at the end of the day, I'm bummed that I don't get to see him in the best fights, but at least this dude's making his bag. So, you know, happy trails to him. I hope he fights dudes who make me want to watch him and not dudes who, you know, like, I hope I don't see him against Bruno Capeloza because I could not give less of a shit about that. Um, he's just going to punch that dude's head into a different zip code. But 
if he fights, you know, let's say he boxes Tyson Fury, like they've been teasing forever. Like, yo, sign me up for it. I don't know if he'll win. I don't think he'll win against Tyson Fury. That dude's an amazing boxer, but sign me up for it. I'll watch it. Jake Paul. He's fighting Jake Paul, Dan. He punched that dude's head. (laughs) Obviously. But is is he really going to be a quote unquote needle mover for PFL? You think? No, I I don't know, but like at the end of the day, it's it's not going to matter to him. You I know, know what I mean. I'm, I'm like, saying on their end, is he is he really like? Do people really know who he is? Well, casuals. So here, uh, I think enough people do. Remember, he was in a Fast and Furious movie. That that certainly. That's <laughs> true. That is casual. I, I know. Yeah, and, and and the other thing is too is with with PFL, which I think a lot of people underrate here. With PFL, they're on ESPN. Yep, it's a big uh, deal. And it, and it matters to ESPN that they do well. So, like, throw a throw a highlight clip of him punching somebody's head clean off. Like, you know, throw the Overeem highlight of him at halftime of an NFL game or something like that. And, like, you got people's interest. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I don't know necessarily that he's going to get them a return on investment. But if you're a company out there trying to prove that you are competitive with the UFC – you have to make moves like this and they've got a big, big chunk of money from both investors because they've got a whole bunch of famous celebrity investors and uh, I'm assuming they made some good money in the ESPN deal. So yeah, like I I think ultimately he's probably not going to make them their money back, but he's like a big slice of credibility for them if that's where he winds up. And don't believe uh, what the UFC does every time uh, someone has a contract dispute with them. Don't believe Dana White's already started uh, floating it about Francis. He, he's not afraid of fighting tough competition. Dude, he, the guy, he's doing the guy, what's best for his career. The guy walked the streets of Paris homeless after leaving his home country of Cameroon where he was a sand miner. Yeah, he's not afraid of anything. He's not. Right? The dude, it's, already, that dude, it's, already been, it's already floated. They do it every time. There's he's also been begging to fight John Jones for like yeah. three years. All right, so let's move on to Jones and Gain. What do you think of that fight quickly? Uh, March actually, 3rd, UFC 285. I, I think John Jones, if he chooses to wrestle, uh, yeah. is my quick. Gain's hard to wrestle, though. He's he knows how to keep well. Keep is he? from John Fran- Jones is a different thing. Fran- Francis yeah, just took Francis. him down at Hill it's for true. three rounds. It's uh, true. I, I, I'm saying he's good at keeping distance, but against John Jones, that's that's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, and and but the the other thing about John Jones is he's typically not the best strategist in there and like who the hell knows what he's going to look like with three years off in a heavyweight. So a lot lot of questions. Uh, I'm going to need some time to think about it. Luckily I got two months to. It's basically a pick them on the board. Now I'm looking, you can get gain the best you can get him at is minus minus one Oh eight. You can get Jones at plus 100. Some books have him at a, at a plus. All right. So you're not going to make a pick right now. If you had a pick, pick it's tomorrow. Who are you picking? If it, if it was tomorrow, I think I'd take John Jones, but okay. uh, I'm I'm glad it's not tomorrow. Let's just put right. it that way. All right. So there's no real co-main event yet for that um, fight card. So we may have another decent uh, fight going on there, or they may just bank up. This this one's big enough. They ought to uh, they ought to put uh, they they ought to put Sergey Pavlovich versus uh, Curtis Blades in the co-main. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. And just just that way, you got some backup options on hand. Yep. And then UFC 286, the top two fights there are set. We got Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman, part three for uh, the Waterweight Championship. Usman's a massive favorite going into that. Did you see that? Minus 286. You can get him yeah. as minus 375 at some places. I kind of thought he would be. Um, yep. And I, I think it makes sense, to be completely honest with you. 
and we're we're happy about the co-main event. Uh, Justin Gaethje fighting Rafael, or sorry, Rafael Hafizia, which is what we were hoping for. Finally, one of the Gaethje Chandler Poirier gangs actually fighting one of the uh, up and coming guys. Yep, good good fight. Looking forward yep. to it. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the pod. We'll be back on tomorrow, Monday. Um, MLK Day, maybe a holiday in the States, but we don't take holidays off here. No days off. We'll, we'll, we're going to break down some Invicta for you because Invicta's got a really uh, a big big fight card coming up on Wednesday. Double uh, title uh, fight. Not double title. Two different f- title fights on the card. This is a part of the podcast where I totally break down. And I can't speak anymore. So uh, we told you about Discord. Twitter, SGPN MMA. You can follow us there. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. He's at Gumby Reeland. told you about my Substack, moneymma.substack.com. Get in there at the very least. Uh, get a free subscription and enter the Pick'em Contest I run for every UFC event. Uh, Gumby's got the Top Turtle MMA podcast, which we'll be dropping later on this week. And then all of our writings and all of the uh, other writers' writings are at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right, so we will talk to you again tomorrow. Until then, I will remain rebeastie, Jeff Fox, uh, my partner, the Snow Leopard, Gumby Vreeland, and we'll see you tomorrow. Sorry, he's the determined Danimal. Uh, Daniel Vreeland, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.